Talking Landscape Photography with Christian Fletcher and Carwin. G'day, it's Carwin and uh, Christian Fletcher is back from his cycling event in South Australia. Fletch, uh, how's your backside, mate? It's very tight, very tight buttons I have now. I've been climbing all over the Adelaide Hills and... Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling uh, feeling good. I lost a couple of kilos. I look actually quite good in my lycra these days. So, yeah, yes, paint that mental picture for all the ladies out there who tend to smile and laugh whenever they see me walk into the coffee shop with my little clip clop shoes. I'm sure they do. Well, uh, let, let's uh, let's get into the podcast today because it is our um, aerial masters of the universe, aerial light minded special. And uh, we're going to kick it off today with a, a gentleman by the name of uh, Ruben Wu, who's based in Chicago. Um, he's actually from Liverpool, but he lives in Chicago, and he is a talented musician, and uh, he's worked with the likes of Christina Aguilera, Nine Inch Nails, and a whole bunch of other people. The guy is very accomplished. He's also an amazing aerial photographer and actually uses drones to um, to light his work, and I've never actually heard of anybody doing that uh, ever before, so it, uh, it gives me pleasure to introduce... Introduce Mr. Ruben Wu. Come on down. Hello. Hey, how are you? How are you, Ruben? Uh, I have to just clarify. Uh, I don't think you'd really class yourself as an aerial photographer, would you? You're a, you're a photographer who uses a drone to, to light his subject. That would be closer to the truth, wouldn't it? Kind of. I mean, I don't think I really class myself as a photographer. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm an artist using a camera. Or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know. I think it's a good um... idea. It's all, they're all tools. Um, but I actually, I actually did start out using drones as cameras, mm. you know, um, yeah. I wasn't really an early adop- adopter, but when, you know, the words Phantom and DJI kept on like popping up, I was like, let's have a closer look. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, yeah. I started like everyone else just taking pictures with them. Yeah. Well, let's just go back a little bit because you, um, you've got a Chinese surname. Uh, you, you're born in Liverpool, but now you're living in Chicago. What's what's your backstory? Give us a bit of a sense of your history. Uh, well, my parents they uh, they're from uh, Hong Kong, uh, born in Hong Kong, and um, <clears throat> actually my my dad spent um, a lot of his childhood and um, kind of student years in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I have family there too. So, um, so I've been there quite a few times. Um, cool. to see uh, to see family mm. but they they um, emigrated to uh, the UK in the 70s and that's where I was born and um, uh, I've just been I was living there um, right up until about 2012 or 13 and um, I've been living in the in the USA since then so so you actually That's lived in Australia for a bit? I didn't live in Australia, um, but I did spend quite a few kind of extended breaks there, mm. um, just staying with family and a few road trips here and there. Um, and then later on with the band, mm. um, we would play, you know, um, uh, some of the major cities, some of the, the bigger cities. Like Dunsborough. Um, and Dunsborough. Do- yeah, we played, you know, uh, Sydney and um, Melbourne and Adelaide, Perth. Mm. Yeah, um, okay. Sydney Opera House was pretty cool. Wow, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I, I have to say I haven't followed your band, but I, I will now. Are you still playing or is it uh, is it something that's taken a back seat to your photography? 
Uh, um, you both. <laughs> both. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the band, we, we were kind of, uh, we took a break for like seven years, really yeah. long time. And that, that's when I decided I was going to explore my visual side, which is my passion. Um, oh. And then after, you know, after se se seven years later, we decided let's do a new album. So the new album came out um, start of last year. Mm. And um, we've been doing, um, you know, uh, touring um, kind of here and there uh, since yeah. then. It's not been, you know, huge extended um tours in the tour bus or anything like that it's been pretty civilized which has been great yeah yeah and where's where's the best place you've uh, played with the opera house uh, i think the best play we best place we played was uh, mexico city um mm. it was like a little mini tour that we we did in march i think yeah. um and uh yeah like a full full house uh, two thousand people just cheering, just pretty amazing um, yeah. experience. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So you, so obviously huge in Mexico. So I was, I was reading um, a little bit about you and about your band, and and uh, Brian Eno from Roxy Music um, said this is Lady Tron are for me the best of English pop music. They're the kind of band that really only appears in England with this funny mixture of eccentric art school dicking around and dressing up with a full awareness of what's happening everywhere musically. We just kind of knitted together and woven into something quite new. Is uh, I thought that was, that was pretty cool to have someone like him mm. making a description like that about, about your band. Is, did you actually get to meet him or, um, yeah. cause you're, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, praise like that can't really get any better. Yeah, <laughs> and coming coming from someone like like Eno as well, it's, yeah. it was a real honour just to to um, uh, to play the event because he was curating the event at, at the Sydney Opera House. Mm. So yeah. uh, we we did get to meet him as well. So that was nice. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, and then you and the name of the band Lady Tron is named after one of his songs. Is that right? One of the songs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um, so, at that stage, were you taking your camera with you on tour of most of the time, or when did when did you really start to get that passion, uh, you know, for for capturing images? Um, it really started when we began, and um, my background's in. Uh, I, I used to do a lot of drawing, like pencil drawing, mm. um, <clears throat> but I used to it used to take a lot of time. Um, and so I thought, well, we're always moving. We never really spend much time anywhere. Mm -hmm. What is a great way of documenting my travels, uh, which isn't a pencil and paper? Uh, mm -hmm. And so I, I picked up, I picked up the camera, and um, and just started shooting, just as a you know, as a kind of travel diary, going yeah. from place to place. Yeah. And uh, I. Um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like a, a quite a quite a saga, really, of starting with um, just an old film camera that my dad had, and then moving pretty quickly into um, a, a shitty a digital uh, cameras. <laughs> yeah, we all started. Would, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which would have no no megapixels at all, and there would be all. Um, 
pixelated and no battery life and then and then i kind of rediscovered film again yeah and um uh, and that's when i started to get really passionate about the medium mm-hmm. and also the process and so really kind of started there when i rediscovered film yeah what were you mostly shooting places uh i think my passion really has, has always been landscape um but it's really like um we're spending a lot of time in in cities and and kind of traveling cross country so there were a lot of a lot of airports um a lot of buildings mm. um a lot of landscapes in between mm. so like moving from city to city in in the USA it would just be like oh we're just driving through montana now mm. and it yeah. would just be flat horizon um and pretty dull um and occasionally we'd be able to stop off and okay we can check out some um you know canyon here or, or there but mm. we our time would be so limited mm. trying to keep to the schedule of like um being in each city on, on each day that um i was severely um you know my, my hands were kind of tied and yeah. I, I began to um as i got more and more invested in photography and more passionate about wanting to go further afield i began to book my my time um at these cities and like other countries in advance so i'd spend like two or three weeks in advance like uh in a in a rented vehicle mm. and i'd just drive around with a camera and yeah. just explore yeah and then when i'm done i'd meet i'd meet the rest of the guys do the tour and then go home so i'd, yeah. I'd do that quite quite a bit and that was my that was a really nice way of of seeing amazing places without having yeah. to pay you know the expense of getting there yeah yeah fantastic uh, i i think your work to me it's um because you, you you create electronic music mm. your work has a kind of science fiction feel to it does are you a bit of a sci-fi fan or do, do you see that in your work your style it almost feels otherworldly it's kind of like your mm. a lot of your landscapes look like you're shooting on a different planet for for starters but then Obviously, with your uh, with your drone work that you've been doing with the lights, it, it does look sci- like science fiction or futuristic. Is that something that that you purposely do, or is it just your style that's come come out over the years? Or how do you feel? Um, I've always liked the idea of pushing technology to do things, um, and and so being able to use the camera to see beyond what the human eye can see was always interesting to me mm-hmm. you know, if you keep the shutter open um longer and and, and then you know um, a few seconds at night and then you take a look at the picture and it's it's not what you see in front of you with your own eyes it's more than that mm-hmm. so i got really really interested in that kind of um uh, it was like a transformation of what I was seeing, and, and you know, the camera was my tool of doing that. And um, I, I think it's it's a way of mm. 
creation which I really really like because it's it's something that I didn't see. It's I kind of see a, um, sense what something could be, and then I, I set up the camera, mm. try it out, and suddenly it's 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 something more mm. than that, which I find really rewarding. Yeah. And um, there's also a sense of kind of craft there as well, where it's like you have to work out how long it's going to be, how long your exposure is going to be, your aperture and everything. Mm. Um, it has, <clears throat> it has. Um, I suppose that's kind of where the sci-fi um, references, you know, uh, are a little bit more more obvious. Um, but I do generally like sci-fi, which is which is less fantastical and, and and more realistic and more based on on our world yeah. so, so like um david lynch or, or tarkovsky um uh you know films like close encounters of the third kind mm. it's it's science fiction but it's based on our world you know it's mm. just like yeah. you know it's it, it, it's it just happens um it could happen just um, in our backyard. Yeah, um, actually, funny you to talk about that because I was just watching on the plane home from Adelaide yesterday. I was watching Ad Astra. Have you seen that yet with with Brad Pitt? That was I've quite. It it's quite well done. It's it's yeah. it's it's got very um, futuristic concepts, but you know, it's all about. Well, I won't tell you the story, but you know, there's scenes where they've got a base, a, a moon base set up, and then they've. They've got a base set up on on Mars as well, and it's the staging points to to explore more of the of the universe sort of thing. And it was actually really subdued. It wasn't that, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't that Armageddon type thing. Let's go nuke a, an asteroid coming into. Mm-hmm. It was really more about a relationship between the father and the son. But yeah, have a look. But um, yeah, your work really has that so space or that. It's kind of it's a hard to describe. And and I I know when I first saw your work it was when it came to on the phase one uh newsletter and it was when you're doing your aeroglyphs i think you call them and i thought wow how did he do that in post-production i really need to find out how he did that because that's awesome and then i was sort of doing a bit of research went what he's done it with a drone and a light oh my god and my head was like no <laughs> it, it's so good i thought it was such a how did you um come about with that you know with that process of that idea to put a, a light on a drone. Um, well, I was obviously I was shooting a lot at, at night, and um, but I was also shooting with drones, and I was trying to figure out ways of of kind of putting them together. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, one night when I was shooting in, it was kind of like a, a really decisive moment that um, that happened, which which sorry not decisive a, a defining uh moment where something happened to me when i was shooting and i realized that what i'd stumbled on something which was um uh, a pretty valuable insight and so it was, it was basically i was out in a place called trona pinnacles um in california mm. and uh it's a it's a bit like the pinnacles um national park in australia but, but a lot bigger mm-hmm. uh, and um i was out there just shooting a time lapse uh, about 2 a.m and um, all of a sudden this pickup truck just just drove out of nowhere with its headlights on mm. and i got really mad 
because yeah. it was messing it was messing mm-hmm. with my time pass. it was just yeah. driving straight in, into my into my composition um i'd so i just like you know i didn't really want to go over there because it was a dodgy area and um, <laughs> they, they could have had guns, guns. they could have had you know <laughs> oh, they would have had guns for sure in america <laughs> yes uh, oh, was and, it america? And, sorry was it america did you say yeah yeah california oh, yeah, yeah uh so yeah it was a pretty kind of dodgy dodgy area so i just let them do whatever mm. and um i just kept on shooting and um when i uh got back and, and took a look at the pictures um i i looked at you know there's this weird light coming from a place which didn't make any sense mm-hmm. um and it was overpowering the moon and it was like this picture shouldn't exist or mm-hmm. something and I, I saw it and I, I um suddenly realized that this was something you know this this idea of using artificial light in a natural environment um was uh really a, a way of um uh making photos which hadn't been made before or at least hadn't been made before by me <laughs> yeah um it, it, you know people have done it in the past but um you know and, and then i was playing with with drones and and um this you know there were there were robbers at shooting in the dark um, yeah. so, you know, why not put, um, a light on, on it, um, and use that to, uh, you know, I had, I had this kind of vision of this huge, vast landscape, which would normally be in the dark, mm. but each kind of pinnacle or something would, would be illuminated mm. and you'd see so far out. Mm. So it was this kind of, you know, it was really kind of, um, the imagination um that helped crystallize the idea mm. um and I, I i guess um at the time there was nothing um you know me and my um couple of people i was working with we kind of rigged up um this really basic um led light which fit on my drone and it was an eight um, propeller uh, uh, drone, massive, massive thing, uh, with about six minutes of flight time, <laughs> and so, and that really, you know, it worked okay for for about six minutes, but it wasn't really what I needed. So, mm. um, I actually I, I uh, spoke to the a drone company that I was working with and asked them, you know, do you have anything like that? And they said, actually, we're working on something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got in touch with phase one. Um, yep. and, um, and, and, you know, they, uh, uh, I spoke to them and I told them what I wanted to do. And they said, well, use this camera. Yeah. And, which can... is, which is, which is great. Sorry. Go on. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, but mate, I just want to go back to your almost discovery of the genre. Um, and, can you just talk us through your mindset? Like what, what was, 
actually going on uh, because I'm a strong believer in projection. I, I sort of think a lot of photographers go, okay, well, I have to reach this level. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not sure if your mind was, was open to that, but you found yourself in California at, um, you know, the Pinnacles. We've got the Pinnacles here in Perth, two hours away from us, um, which you've been to. And that's why, in actual fact, that shot that you're talking about is on our Instagram page, which if you're not a member of our Instagram is uh, just do a search for like-minded podcast. But were you expecting that to just come to you? Like, what was the mindset? I wasn't expecting anything. Um, you know, I, I prior to that, I was playing with projections, uh, actual like a projector mm. in the, in the desert, connected to a, a generator, mm. and. Um, you know, projecting these, uh, projecting light onto, onto, um, the, these pinnacles. And this, you know, it was this really, really amazing kind of, um, effect, which was, um, I felt like I was inside rather than outside. It was quite strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I, I think these, these things are pretty, they come about in in um, ways that you don't quite understand, and and um, I, I do remember when I was fourteen or fifteen talking to a friend of mine at school, and um, we, were, we used to talk about all all sorts of like weird, crazy stuff. But one of them I remember was, um, you know, what if we had a, a radio-controlled helicopter um, with a light attached to it? And then we could fly around and freak people out. So it's that's that's basically it, you know. Yeah, I think may, yeah. maybe that had been kind of lying, kind of you know, submerged yeah, in, in my the, memories. Yeah, yeah. I guess sometimes these things just you stumble across, and and then and then it opens up a whole lot of new possibilities. And once you start, once you get that initial idea, then it's about making you know more of that idea and i think you have with because you've got your shots where you just light the actual subject but now you're 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 doing circles and crosses and and triangle shapes Mm. and i'm going how the hell did he do that with it i mean i know the drones fly pretty well they're they're pretty accurate but I'm, i'm i'm looking at some of these triangles and stuff that you've done and going how did he get it to that point from that point to that point to that point and all line up. Is there a bit of a editing trickery in there or is it just some fancy uh, Top Gun flying? Um, well, I have to do it many, many, many times. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I get them as, um, as, as there, as nearly there as possible because yeah. um, trying to, trying to do it in post-production it just looks it, it doesn't look wrong yep. yeah there's too um, many variations in the tone i guess the, the color yeah, there's, there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of different factors um which kind of make it not work um yep. and I'm, I'm trying to make it look um you know for, for me the most compelling thing is what the light does to the rest of the landscape so yeah yeah, the reflections in in the water, or the light it casts on on nearby rock, that yeah. is 
things that you that you can't fake. And yeah, that's, no, that's yeah. the thing that is the most beautiful for me is yeah. what what it does to the landscape. Um, and I guess uh, this really goes back to the old uh, adage of you know waiting for the right moments of mm-hmm. of light, waiting for the right light to take the yeah. photograph and what this is, is is essentially creating those moments yeah. where it's like you know um i wish the sun could be here to get that angle on that rock well mm. i can do that with a drone mm. yeah. i can control that from where i am behind the camera yeah um in a way which is like you know it, it's so much uh it works so well yeah um, it's it's kind of very theatrical it looks mm. like a, a movie like a set you know the, the when you look at and there's one image of yours that i love and it's it's i know it's the pinnacles or what you're talking about but you've got this beautiful light coming down you can see it on the sand and the it's got this big circle above it and to me that circle looks like the, the bottom end of a of a ufo just hovering above the landscape and it's got depth you know, it's not just you can see that it's done, re- it's really done because it has that depth and that that real look to it. And um, yeah, that's what I think um, is is amazing. That 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 one in particular is a beautiful one. Then there's the other one, of course, with the Salt Lake in Bolivia, mm. with that other circle. But that circle's a it's standing up. But I I really like the one that's kind of like it's lying down. Well, it was basically hovering over that landscape. And yeah. uh, that that's just a killer image. Yeah, really blew, blew my mind, that one. Thanks, Ruben. We're going to be back for part two of our exclusive chat with uh, Ruben Wu. And we're going to ask him how he actually mechanically uh, puts his, uh, his images together. That's going to be great. So we'll see you next Thursday. Bye.